0: A new study discovered that going to museums can have myriad health benefits. New research from the University of Pennsylvania found reductions in anxiety and depression and increases in cognitive function and empathy, among a number of other promising outcomes. Art museums have great potential to positively impact people, including reducing their stress, enhancing positive emotional experiences and helping people to feel less lonely and more connected, researcher Katherine Cotter told the journal Hyperallergic. The study is titled "Art Museums as Institutions for Human Flourishing," and it was published in the Journal of Positive Psychology by Cotter and James Poelski of the University of Pennsylvania. Cotter initially planned to conduct studies at art museums, but when the COVID-19 pandemic shuttered those institutions, she shifted gears. Instead of collecting the data themselves, Cotter and Powelski compiled and reviewed over 100 research articles and government and foundation reports. They discovered that visiting a museum reduced stress levels, frequent visits decreased anxiety, and viewing figurative art lowered blood pressure. Going to a museum also left elementary schoolers feeling, in their words, restored and made medical residents feel less emotionally exhausted. The encouraging findings didn't end there. People living with dementia and people with severe mental health conditions were more happy and engaged after visiting a museum, and older adults felt that their time viewing art was rewarding. Beyond these individual gains... Museums affected the way people interacted with each other. Museum visitors reported feeling less socially isolated. Subsequently, they were able to build connections with others who shared their same interests. These visits also encouraged them to reflect on society at large. Potentially contributing to the view of art museums cultivating connection and community building are the mindset changes visitors undergo Over the course of their visit, the report says, During the middle of the visit, compared to the beginning or end of the visit, visitors reported higher levels of reflection on societal topics, for example, participating in community affairs, concerns for societal issues, contributing to the well-being of others, suggesting that the experience of the visit encourages different forms of reflection and thought processes. Powelski, Ahan Cotter have also started on their next project, studying digital art's impact on human flourishing, and their research seems to point to one evident conclusion. Visiting a museum makes you happier and healthier. But the researchers also found barriers to achieving these outcomes. As new programs and activities are developed for art museums, It is important to ensure programs are accessible and of interest to a wide range of people. That from an article in June of this year by Elaine Veli of the journal Hyperallergic, citing a study pointing to the health benefits of visiting a museum. On August 27th of this year, the Allentown Art Museum opened its doors, instituting its free admission for all, forever, initiative. Not only that, but the institution revealed the first major reinstallation of its permanent collection since 2011. We had a chance to speak by phone with Elaine Lihalakis, Vice President of Curatorial Affairs at the Allentown Museum, about what is being called a transformational change at the institution. First, some history.
1: It was in the 1930s that the museum first opened. It was actually during the Depression, and one of the main things that the founders wanted to do was to provide work for the community, particularly for artists who were working in the community. So it's kind of a legacy that we continue today.
0: The collections have grown over the years, and you all have some very interesting and special ones. I've talked with you before about the costume collection. That's quite something, and unusual, isn't it?
1: It is quite unusual. Um, We have about 22,000 objects in our collection, but about 8,000 of those are textiles and costumes, and it's something that really defines this collection in a unique way. And it's really the most diverse area of our collection as well. It really has a a global scope. You also have
0: and are known for your collection of American works, and you have some very exciting news to tell us about that collection. Maybe you talk a little bit with us about how it might have come together, and then tell us what you've been up to.
1: Well, we recently opened our new American galleries on August 27th, and this has been a project that we've had in the works for a few years now um, so it's extremely gratifying to have it finally be open for everyone and and it coincides with our being able to now be a free admission institution so it kind of brings together a number of goals that we had and the reinstalled galleries really kind of complicate the narrative that we had been previously telling about American art and they tell a more inclusive story of American art and experience and hopefully have a greater relevance to a broader group of people. And, you know, with going free, we now can be open all the time in perpetuity for everyone who wants to come through our doors. And so it's just wonderful to be able to know that any kind of financial barrier will no longer be an issue for visitation.
0: Was that made possible through a special grant or a foundation or an endowment? How did that come about?
1: Yeah, so that was made possible from a legacy gift from the Century Fund, as well as Lehigh Valley Health Network and City Center Allentown, and J.B. and Kathleen Riley, as well as other donors. So it's really been kind of a a family of support that's allowed for this incredible change to happen.
0: And who are some of the artists who have been part of your collection, names we might recognize, and who's joining and taking a bow now?
1: Well... One of the main things that really transformed the way our galleries look now is that whereas previously we had primarily painting and sculpture on view in the American galleries, we've now worked out a way to broaden that and to really take advantage of the strength of our collections, which, as you mentioned, includes textiles It also includes works on paper, And a number of exciting recent acquisitions actually are on view for the first time in the new galleries. And what we've done is created kind of a schedule where these galleries will be changing every six months. We'll be rotating about a third of the 150 works that are on view. And so we're really getting the collection out there, out of storage and available to visitors and some of the exciting works that we have on view for the first time are works by Carol Walker, works by some amazing artists who are known internationally but are actually living in the area. So Angel suarez Rosado, Angela Fraley, Emil Lucas, and a number of exciting works, works of Mexican art, works of South American and Central American art, and also works by Indigenous artists. So there's been a real increase in, as I mentioned, the diversity of voices that are included.
0: And the bulk of the collection that you're bringing out now in rotation, some of it individual donations, some of it the donation of collectors who have given a bequest or a donation of their entire collection to the museum. Your collection has been built in many different ways.
1: Absolutely, yeah. Gifts have always been a very important part of building the collection, and we do have some recent purchases as well, and Oftentimes those are also supported by, you know, museum supporters who want to make it possible for us to have works that really have resonance and relevance to our communities.
0: And also you can bring them out, but you have to make sure that they are arrayed in a way that is meaningful. And that means choices that you have to make about what to put next to each other or what should be in the same room or how do you lead us through. What kinds of challenges and exciting discoveries have you been making as you've done that?
1: Well, one of the things that we wanted to do was to look at American art through kind of a global lens, so thinking about all of the cross-cultural influences that have come into what is now American art, and so thinking about things like trade and colonization, migration, and then also acknowledging the hybrid identities that many people claim at this point the importance of ancestry to many of these artists. And so by working with that kind of idea behind the project, we brought in a number of artists who kind of have very unique ideas about or viewpoints on, say, the border or on identity and nationality and ancestry and history. So there's a lot of varied interpretations of what it means to be American and different kinds of lived experiences and how that impacts who we are, how we identify ourselves, and and what's our place in the contemporary world. And the, the earliest work in the installation is 1698. It's actually a map of the Americas that was made by the geographer to Louis XIV of France. And so that work is in there, not because it's American, but because it gives us insight into what was the perspective on these places and, you know, what's now our home. Why was it important to these European colonizers and what what did they value about it? And then how did their incursions into these places affect life here and the experiences of indigenous people and then this kind of blending of different experiences and cultures in the Americas. So we start with that and we go all the way to the current time. But we also we have our first gallery is really a gallery that introduces this whole concept of cross cultural exchange. And so it's a little bit freewheeling in terms of it is not limited to a specific time period. It covers about 300 years, but, you know, intermittently. And in some cases, we take a flexible view of which works are relevant to American art. So we might show a textile by an African artist whose technique is relevant to what a contemporary American artist is doing. So there are a lot of different kinds of intersections, and they are on different levels, such as spiritual levels, looking at religion, and the transfer of religion, looking at how enslaved people from Africa maintain their identity in the Americas and how that's represented in various works of art that are on view. So there are a lot of stories within stories to be told. And then our other two galleries are primarily chronological, but in the earliest gallery, which is 1750 to 1900, we also insert a couple of contemporary voices. So for example, I mentioned that Kara Walker, we have a recent acquisition by her on view for the first time and it explores enslavement and violence and issues of freedom and that is paired with a painting that is a recent gift that we believe is from about the 1820s and is a piece about abolition. So there are a lot of experimental juxtapositions happening in the galleries that we hope will kind of spark thought and and provide an entry also to some of the earlier works through these contemporary voices.
0: You use the word complexity now. It's rich and complex, just like life is.
1: And we're really excited, too, that this is essentially going to be something that evolves over time. And so given that every six months we'll be changing out a third of the works, you know, we have the opportunity to respond to things that are of the moment and also to rethink something that we initially presented and how can we how can we explore that through another means by looking to other voices and other artists. So it's really exciting to know that it's not a static presentation but it's something that is going to change the same way that our lives are always evolving. So it's been a very gratifying project and and it It stays uppermost in my mind because there are constantly new opportunities. So also when we're acquiring work, to know that we have the chance in the near future to be able to share that work in our galleries is ideal.
0: Now you mentioned some artists who are actually from certainly Pennsylvania, but the region?
1: Yeah, so for example, Angel Suarez Rosado, um, he is from Puerto Rico but has lived in Easton for many, many years, and his work, White Fence, is among the things that are in our introductory gallery, and this is a piece that that you actually walk through. So it's two sections of fence, and from one side, it looks like white picket fence, that uncomplicated American domestic ideal, and then you cross the threshold, and on the other side, you see symbols of great spiritual power that are related to Santeria an Afro-Cuban faith that combines elements of Catholicism and Yoruba religion. And that was an important means for enslaved Africans to maintain their identity when they were forced to come to the Americas. So it's a very powerful piece. And I think that Angel is an artist who his work has been shown nationally, but I think he's a very important artist who is perhaps less well-known than he should be. And It's just so exciting to be living in an area where, you know, we have artists who actually can connect us in a very personal way with what's local and and what's relevant globally, just creating these connections between larger ideas and what's our place within those and how does it relate to our community. So we have some really exciting works. Another one is Angela Fraley. She is an artist who's based in Allentown, and we have a, a recent acquisition by her, a large-scale painting, and she extracts figures from earlier paintings. So in this case, she has two figures that are from Orientalist paintings by Jean-Léon Jérôme, and she takes these female figures and changes their setting and kind of dismantles the art historical tropes that tend to marginalize women in some of these art historical paintings like the Orientalist ones. So it's really fun to be able to have something like this that sort of upends the historical picture. And then Emil Lucas, he's also based in northeastern Pennsylvania but shows internationally, and we have a recently acquired piece by him that is one of his thread paintings, as he calls them, and it's been a very popular piece. It really it plays with, with your... Perception as you walk towards it and around it, it sort of changes. And it's made in this really painstaking way by stretching individual colored threads across this kind of large concave frame. So there's a lot of new work to see in the galleries.
0: Not only are you inviting us in to experience these works, but in fact, you have a gallery with a family sensibility where people can really interact and have access to a 3D printer?
1: Yeah, at the same time as we open the new galleries, we open the renovated Artways Interactive Family Gallery, and we now have programming on both Saturdays and Sundays in there, and they've been focusing on connections to STEAM-based programming, science, technology, engineering, the arts and mathematics and they have three new maker stations, including a construction station, a conservation station, and a 3D printer station, which has been very popular. So we're excited to invite families in to, to art ways.
0: And that's not all, as they say. You
1: have a special
0: exhibition now with the work of a Harrisburg artist.
1: Yes, Alterant Gumby. He was born in Harrisburg, and he's based in New York now, but this is his first museum solo show, so it's very exciting. And the show is called Dark Matter, and the work, first of all, is very beautiful. It's very accessible in terms of the the visual aspects of it, but it also has a lot of complex thought behind it, which, you know, you can also explore. And... He's been working with a range of materials. He calls his work painting, but he also uses some mosaic techniques. He uses glass and gemstones. And in this exhibition, there's work that was made specifically for this show that features minerals that were donated by the Sterling Hill Mining Museum in New Jersey. And some of these have properties that allow them to glow under UV light, and so we have a a special section of the exhibition that has this special lighting so that you can see the work and how it transforms through the light that's used.
0: And The Call of Trains, what's that?
1: Yeah, so this is work by Jim Shaughnessy. And he was one of the best-known railroad photographers of the modern age. And this is a show that was organized by the Center for Railroad Photography and Art. So we have a group of his black-and-white images from over the decades, I think, starting in the 1950s. And these are all steam trains. And he has different perspectives on the trains themselves, but also sort of how they fit into the human landscape
0: this is a place to be, the Allentown Art Museum. Tell us now something about the website.
1: So we're at allentownartmuseum.org, and you can find information about all of our exhibitions and how long they'll, they'll be up, as well as all of our programming and the hours for the galleries, as well as the Artways Family Space. And you can also find more information about in-depth information in our blog about what kind of exciting things are going on. We also explore our collections, actually, so you can do a search on our collections as well.
0: Elaine Mihalakis, Vice President of Curatorial Affairs at the Allentown Art Museum, speaking about some new initiatives at the institution including the New American Galleries and the New Artways, the now wonderful opportunity for free admission for all, forever. And for more information, as we heard on the web, allentownartmuseum.org, allentownartmuseum.org. That's the exciting New American Galleries, the reinstallation of the permanent collection, the new Artways Family Interactive Gallery with three new maker stations where families can explore 3D printing, art conservation, and the art and science involved in architecture, design, and construction. The new American galleries and the wonderful opportunity for all to take part in the activities and exhibitions at the museum with free admission for all forever. You can find the Allentown Art Museum at 31 North 5th Street in Allentown and find them on the web, allentownartmuseum.org.